ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Warner. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and sorry we've been gone. We missed you. I hope you missed us. So, I honestly have forgotten where I, uh, on, where I said I was going to, uh, where, what I said I was going to talk about. I clearly haven't fixed my, uh, <laughs> speaking clearly to you problem. He's been on for two weeks, ladies and gents. Take it easy on him. Yeah, I'll, I'll get going again. But... <laughs> We pretty much came in, um, I think Alex is still talking about Lucifer, which was what he was going to talk about last. Yes, I have switched up a little bit since, um, you know, some things have happened, some stuff has been released, so I'm going to be talking about Firepower, um, mainly it's 12th issue that just came out recently, but overall kind of talk about that, and then together me and Alex are going to, um... Even though we really don't like to do this often, we are going to reveal the dumpster fire of a movie that <coughs> Tomorrow War was that was released Speak by for yourself, Amazon. Dude, I enjoyed it. Oh, okay, my bad. Well, then I guess me and you were gonna butt heads. <laughs> no, it definitely had its problems. <coughs> I won't lie, but we'll get to that later. Okay. Well, um, I apologize if you guys hear my little uh, Morty running around screaming at me. My cat is uh, on one today. <laughs> But beyond that, let's kind of dive right into this, and let's let's switch it up a little bit, Alex. Let's 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 see you drive first. Oh shit! All right, man. Well, uh, I'm gonna be talking about uh, the first book of Lucifer, uh, and that's the Mike Carey line. Um, so it's uh, I think it's a, a forward to the Sandman series, um, which is really popular. I haven't read that. Uh, I actually jumped into Lucifer the book because I. Uh, read well i didn't read i really liked the show and it always said it was based on comics so i was like hey i'm gonna check this out and see exactly what it is um it is completely different from the show and it kind of uh that i like i wasn't surprised about that but it was a lot more into the god world and not so much the i'm a detective uh i'm solving crimes on earth it's not that at all. It's basically uh, like Lucifer owns the Club Lux, and he does basically Lucifer things. Um, he uh, collects holy items. He scams Amenadiel. He uh, takes con- well doesn't take control, but takes advantage of humans finding powerful things on the planet and taking advantage of that. Um, so overall, really, really good book. Not anything like the netflix series but if you were like uh uh-huh, i wonder how it'd be if the whole detective thing wasn't in the show that's exactly what you get out of it what was it on before uh netflix picked it up aha i got that one down too uh, i want to say fox um foxers i, w- I want to say cw no it was not on the cw it wasn't CW a CW okay. then it was play. fox then it was fox you're then i think you're right on that Lucifer show. Let me look this up real quick. Well, um, while while you're looking that up, I can kind of ask you a question about it. You said there wasn't, and when you explained it and kind of ran through the first one, um, vomit speak it was style. Fun, uh, you said it's it doesn't really line up with the show all that much, which I'm kind of a fan of hearing because my problem with the show is 
after the first two episodes, it pretty much just became a detective, and then whatever that week's problem was. And yeah, he'd like, solve it the same way by going up to the bad person saying, what do you most desire? And then that'd be it. It, it started getting interesting when they brought in the um, the play with his brother, a meta deal, I believe, and uh, his mother. But all too, like, it had a lot of Berlantiverse style to it, where they're like, oh, they're at Lucifer's club. He's playing the piano. Like, like there were hangout spots that they were always at, and I don't know. And that's that's a really what it became procedural for you. A little bit too procedural, and not that procedural is bad. Like I like shows that are procedural. I I can get with it, but I have a problem when that procedural show is actually just cliche. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, yeah. It makes sense, and I can tell you, like from the comic too. Like, does he play the piano? Yes. Um, well, he I'm fine is with not, that. He is not uh, anything like the character in the Netflix series, though. Or uh, it was on Fox uh, before it was picked up by Netflix. So there is not any of that. Lucifer is very in the comic. He's very um, withdrawn. He only speaks when he needs to. And he acts when he feels like action will speak louder than words. So he's very much a, I, I like take what I mean very seriously because I don't talk all that much, um, which is pretty interesting actually because I really liked the character build for the show, uh, how they had Lucifer in the show, mostly because he's like he's quirky. He's uh, he doesn't take anything seriously. Which I can say the same about the one in the comic, but it's a different side of the coin. Um, so it's really good overall, though. And not to mention the uh, freaking art for the book is amazing. Like every panel is, it must have taken hours. For yeah, you were, you were telling me it reminded you of like a mosaic or something like that. Um, yeah, like it, it's. Who's the artist on like, that? Um, or is it a writer artist? like combination you know i will tell you here in a second but yeah it was really it was amazing because uh like every every single page it just seems like there was so much work put into it um the illustrator is peter gross and scott hampton so it's a, a duo, which makes a lot of sense because there's no way that they were pumping these out quickly. Well, I was gonna say um, is one of them the penciler and the other one's the color, color and color artist. Possibly because like the colors are also really intriguing too. Because I'm used to the because that's a that DC like, Vertigo, right? Uh, yes. I believe they're. I don't want to. You know, I'm I'm still very new to this, ladies and gentlemen. But I believe that's pretty much how a lot of the DC Marvel comics get released is a writer and then a penciler and then you have your colors are on staff as well um it's a little bit more industry wise versus our like my personal favorite like skybound or boom where it's just like a, a writer artist combo or a off a writer um paired with a uh, fuck paired with an artist jesus man jeez man you want to try that one again no i just ran over the the um <laughs> Damsel in distress that the bad guy tied up on the railroad, so my train hit a little hiccup. So, but what? Yeah, what I was trying to say is, 
a lot of the more independent lines of comic books don't do that whole writer, artist, colorer, um, because it's just not in the budget-wise. But um, yeah. something like Firepower by Robert Kirkman, he it's Robert Kirkman as the writer, Chris Sammy as the artist, and then you have uh, Matt Wilson and Russ Wooton, um, after a while, got brought on to start doing some of the work as well because you know you, you start hitting those deadlines that you have to get and that were uh oh so talked about in the invincible fourth wall breaks that kirk went through in um so is i firepower I, highly sought after like i feel like this is a good like transition over but do you have any wait oh no i'm not done yeah i was about to say i'm not done with uh i yeah sorry because i was going to ask you another question about lucifer was hearing that the character himself doesn't speak a lot who would you, I guess, is there a character in comic books that you've read so far that you could compare that to? So that way, I guess, maybe I could understand what that would be like. Or is it really like just pages of him looking at things or going through stuff and not, and maybe he has an internal dialogue? Or, it, like, what's going on there? Well, every uh, issue kind of has an internal dialogue, but it's not always Lucifer. Um, and the so that's, like, a cool portion of like the story is like everyone has like you hear inside the head of someone as they like explain things and then you find out who that character is and how they play into the story um but i would have to say the reason why i know that lucifer is very like not well the reason i know that he's not outspoken overall is because of the way he says things um which is just amazing writing because it's he's almost like a uh, the way I would put it is like your typical like I own a yacht at a freaking yacht club and you have a like a, a just a boat that's connected to like that's just pulled up on the riverbank you know what I mean so it's like that kind of dynamic that's how Lucifer sees everything like everything's mine if I want it I get to do whatever I want you can't stop me have fun trying Okay, so he's not. So it's. So it's like a like a pompous drawn backness. Like he doesn't need to speak because it's beneath him, um, and so you don't necessarily get frames where he's just like doing things. However, um, like it's, I don't know how else to describe it, dude. It's just amazing the way it's written because that's the play I get off of it. Well, no, that makes sense. So I guess you would say it's not. He's not really being a superhero or anything, and he's not even really being an anti-hero. It's more so just the story of Lucifer, right? Mm, no, or is he like the protagonist? Oh, okay. There's like something going on. Um, Amenadiel is actually the bad guy um, in this book, so that's really interesting. You get to see Amenadiel and how he. And that's does the brother that. character in the show, right? Mm-hmm. That's okay, the brother cool. character in the show. Uh, but technically, they're all angels, so they like. They're all brothers um, or sisters in some cases. But yeah, there is a, an overarching thing. It basically, it follows up like how would Lucifer um, actually win the war after being the fallen. So like he loses the first initial battle, gets cast down from heaven into hell, and then runs hell for a while as his punishment and then comes out. But is he done or is he still going to continue to try to do what he did in the first place? And how is he going to do that? And does he plan it or do doors just start opening? And he's like, hmm, I wonder where this leads. What should I do with this? 
Kind of sounds like a fucked up Doctor Who a little bit. <laughs> Dude, it's amazing though because they have it's not only just the the Christian gods in this and like uh, like signs of Christianity, but there's signs of uh, Buddhism, Hinduism. Um, I wonder like if hearing gods. hearing that I know that I believe Gaiman wrote Sandman. Um, I I can Google that real quick though to confirm. And knowing that Lucifer and even Constantine are big characters. Well, not really big characters, but they're characters in Sandman. And it's Neil Gaiman. Is that what you're looking at? Yeah, Neil Gaiman. Isn't that what I said? Or I think it might be Gaiman. Well, yeah. Um, But anyway, hearing that, that that excites me because, you know, Gaiman's also the guy that wrote American Gods, uh, Nazi Boys, I believe. And uh, there's another one, another book out there that I can't remember. He's also got a lot of other comic books, too. Exactly. So that's exciting. It's it's like made from his character, so it's not necessarily made by him at all. It's made by Mike Carey. Uh, So Mike Carey was a huge fan of the Sandman series, and he's like, I feel like Lucifer deserved his own line. And so that's what he did. And it's like, it's huge, dude. Like, it's pretty popular and very well... Um, it's also highly sought after, dude. It's hard to get your hands on a copy of it. Well, they actually stopped printing the fifth book. So there's only, like, three out there, right? Actually, no. Oh, you're speaking mind. about Lucifer? Because I'm speaking yeah. about the Sandman. My bad. Oh, yeah. The Sandman's also really, like... Well, that's, like, the biggest thing. And that's... Uh, eventually, I'm going to end up going back and reading that. Yeah, good because... luck getting a copy. Yeah. Well, I find... I... I see them i can get them i can get the uh, three copen yeah you're just gonna tell me the price you spent afterwards and i'm gonna like be like don't <laughs> don't tell your lady dude. collector's item yeah it's going in a in a glass box after i'm done reading it no one's gonna touch it yeah exactly but yeah dude i'm uh like overall i'm very happy with lucifer there's actually five books in the series and I plan on reading all of them. And uh, somehow I'm going to get that fifth book because I need it for collectors. Uh, well, also, I just like to look at them. Uh, and to be quite honest, it's going to be worth the price with their freaking the art that you get in there. It's so nice. Good art, good story. 10 out of 10 in my book. Actually, I'd put give it like an 8 out of 10. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I... Uh, I'd... What uh to to finish off the Sandman topic, what would be something that you are heavily looking forward to? Probably getting the you know the fourth and fifth because I think you only have one through three right now, right? Mm-hmm. I do. Um, for people out there, what's kind of the <clears throat> I guess I would say the the hook after the first book? Like, what are you? What's the oh shit? I gotta read the second book now. You know, like what's What's the Easter egg, you know? Ooh, I... Hmm, how do I say this? Uh, Lucifer wins against heaven, is what I'll say. And it's over a power that is uh, pretty intense. And Lucifer ends up doing something with that. That's pretty good. See, and, you know, when since we just spoke about the whole heavily sought after, hard to get your hands on, or spend a pretty penny for it, I guess that I'm getting pushed more towards getting a comicsology membership at some point i think just because you get a membership yeah it's it's a subscription service and that's just because 
I I would I want to read that now that you just said that. Like I was asking for like all right, like I'm kind of interested, but it, that I I'm really not convinced. I'll just like you know get your copy. But now it's like shit. I want to go get the copy, but I don't want it like, and I know it'll be cheaper digitally, maybe on sale something. And Comicsology is one of those websites, so like I'm I'm more pushed towards that. Yeah, but I'm a huge proponent of having it in like hand because. There's just something about turning those pages and feeling the weight of a book in your hand. Oh, and I... knowing that, like, it's filled with the goodies. Like, it's worth the wait. I am and, too, uh, man. But at some point, I'm afraid uh, someone's going to be knocking on my door saying, Hi, we're hoarders and we're here to help you out. And I'm just going to be covered in comic books and be like, Leave me! Like, you can't find me! Slide <laughs> <laughs> in the comics! I'll be like a mole from Atlantis. Don't touch your comics. My comics. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, it kind of start... Not kind of. Hey, it's, this deserves way more of a... Get some fanfare in here. So I just finished uh, the 12th issue of Firepower by Robert Kirkman. Many. Um, right now, I believe there's only 12. I don't think there's 13 is out yet. I think they're kind of taking oh. a break. Um, I guess I was asking if it's like a running thing or if it's like a limited series. Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna continue, for for sure. There's no way that it's uh, ending. Oh yeah, actually the issue just dropped yesterday. <laughs> Shit, thirteenth issue just came out. Yeah, yesterday on the uh, seventh. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. there you go. There you go. Another another five dollars out of my wallet. Um. Anyway, the issue was amazing it completely summed up the pretty much all the questions that you kind of had going one through 12 and i'm Mm -hmm. really happy with that and they still left off on you know they answer the questions but in ways that are vague almost like when you are (laughs) sitting down with master yoda and he gives you a riddle as an answer like that's almost how they answered the question for you so you're like yeah so, and I'm going to, in spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen, I should have said that beforehand, so you got the uh, the double spoiler, but this is this is your first spoiler alert, and boom, second spoiler alert. Aha, gotcha. Double spoiler. If you, I mean, at this point, it's like, <laughs> we can't, that's all we talk about, <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, at this we point. spoil everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, come I back. I that was pretty good, though. It makes you want to read it, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but I'm terrible, dude. I'm spoiler them spoiler pants, so, like, I'll tell the thing that, like, people didn't want to hear or whatnot. So, throughout the whole series, you're kind of teased about these mystical powers, and, of course, you know, you see the firepower used throughout all the issues. Like, it's not hidden off the, like, it's right off the bat, issue one, boom. He's, there's the firepower. You see it. It's awesome. And the thing that's teased, though, is, like, where where does this originate from? Because right now, he's the only motherfucker that can do this. There's been a ancient following of people trying to achieve what he's done through sheer, like, will and luck for centuries and haven't been able to do it. And they, like, worship these ancient entities that supposedly the, the magical force comes from. So, like, this whole time, you're kind of wondering and guessing, like, oh, are, are these real? Is something else going on here? Like, is this Kirkman's step into introducing another superhero character, like Invincible? And this is actually going to be kind of like an Iron Fist line? 
like what what is this what are we trying to tell here and in the last issue they like i was telling you earlier they give you those riddle answers of like hey yes but how and why and where okay and so basically what is the what is this power that he has or doesn't have like, um, is it, where does it come from so essentially what the firepower is and a lot of people have like achieved the lower status of this is just being able to pull the energy out of the air around us sort of like the microwaves and everything that is go- bouncing on around us at all times mm-hmm. um and focus that in your body and generate heat um so a lot of that is shown throughout uh the prelude of firepower where people are able to like make their own instant rice by just warming up the cup in their hands and whatnot or other signs of not being able to or you don't necessarily need to make contact with someone when you're fighting because you can generate enough heat in your fist to burn them if you get close enough stuff like that but the the ultimate like where you're trying to get is to be able to generate like a a fireball essentially the a firepower a kamehameha blast essentially is what you're trying to get to um and this the the master um i can't i think it's you know i don't want to be racist and just assume the name because it is it is an ancient name so i don't want to be an asshole or is a cultural name is actually more so what i should say uh anyway his um his master is uh is it way loon can't remember if it's Weilun or Lizan. It's Weilun. Um, his master is is this guy who's been practicing this thing for his entire life, trying to achieve the firepower. And pretty much all of his disciples have given up on trying to achieve it too. They're happy with what they've got. They're kind of just living this warrior monk lifestyle, like not very Buddhist, because they believe in like the way of the fist and everything, but they're not really seeking out violence if that makes sense they're they're peaceful people and they believe in respect and manners and all this stuff celibacy that type of thing Mm -hmm. um the antagonist force but kind of maybe the protagonist force in this uh series that's that's the other good thing i really like about this uh comic book issue is there's a it's a world of grays there's not really a a black and white you know um there's not a good and evil. There's a, oh, this is who our character is siding with today. Hopefully he doesn't get stabbed in the back and we are revealed a terrible, like, thing in the page turn, you know? Um, it. Oh, it's almost like an invincible, like, uh, like I would expect that from Kirkman overall. Yeah, and that's, in reading Walking Dead as well, like, that's something that I timidly turn pages and timidly go cell to cell in this because it's like shit what's coming next like shit what's like how how is this going to happen how is this going to unfold and he doesn't in in this one too he does not shy away from like violence it it does it i don't want to say it's ultra violent like berserker but it is violent um and that's where i was just going to come up with is the uh the other force that's kind of yin and yang in this world um is uh they're the way of the fire fist and you know i talk all smack about being a lore nerd 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, the Temple of the Flaming Fist. Yeah, because it's well, dude. Because they're so. In all honesty, these are generic names. Like this is my this is my one critique, Robert Kirkman. If if you are taking my minimist my my small voice critique, hey, you need it. Uh, you're um the Scorched Earth Clan and Temple of the Flaming Fist, like pretty straightforward. Yeah, but also not very memorable, you know? Like, Please. no, those, I mean, I don't want to be an asshole. Love the book series, but, like, yeah, and, uh, you know, a bunch of fans probably hear this, and they're, like, if they do hear this, thank you for listening, first of all, but <laughs> probably, like, what an asshole! Um, he can't write shit! So, I, I'm not... yourself, then. Yeah, exactly. So, it's not a make or break for me because like i'm here talking about it i love the series not actually critique that's just me being an asshole and i can't remember the name so i'm blaming it on someone else um but the scorched earth clan is the antagonist force in this book up to this point and just of just as of recently has had like a heel turn and is helping the um protagonist but you don't really know if they're the good people they say they are and you can't you can't trust anyone at all no one's really telling you the truth and i think that's mostly because no one really knows the truth so you're kind of discovering things along with these characters now especially after this 12th issue and that's highly exciting so it's like either some new ancient thing is going to be introduced or some new character i think might come up in the 13th issue but you know right now it's like everyone is now on the same page knowledge wise unless someone's been lying you know this whole time which also wouldn't be a new thing but would be awesome um Mm -hmm. so it's it's very exciting because it's it's kirkman book fuck it's great it's gonna go the distance hopefully this also gets picked up by netflix or amazon signs him on and just makes him just pumps him for all his stories and he's like here's here, you can actually take Walking Dead and redo it. Here's Oblivion Song. Here's Firepower, you know, and he's here's Wolfman, <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, it makes sense to me. I'm going to wait for, uh, like, a Copendium to come out for that because that's going to be one I also want to, like, collect. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely excited to possibly get into it. But I honestly think I need uh, I need shows to chill for a little bit, I think. I mean there uh not a lot of thought goes into them even though the stuff's right in front of you like, uh, oh man look at you favorite. transitioning like a pro let's talk about tomorrow war yeah dude. i am oh, i'm gonna break my promise to you guys ladies and gentlemen and i'm going to be a sourpuss about this movie yes there were some things that i enjoyed but overall mm-mm um, before we get down to the nitty gritty, if you haven't seen Tomorrow War yet and don't want spoilers, get out of here. Um, if yeah. you do, stay. Anyway, let's let's get into it. So it it starts off with one something super superbly unbelievable in the middle of a soccer game that's being broadcasted worldwide. They they teleport in from the future. And within, what, a couple weeks, have the entirety of the world's government working with them, you know? 
yeah and for them and completely believing them like dude they'd get sh- one that wasn't in america that was i believe in like south america that that happened at guaranteed the world cup well, so i'm not sure where that was but yeah i think it was in brazil um i think you know the, i i believe there would have been violence in all honesty because i don't think Easily. Tell, tell me how any of those people get out alive without shooting shots first yeah that's yeah that's kind of what i'm trying to say like with all the panic there and everything and i just i don't know but yeah, definitely weird beyond that so then their their strategy is hey we have come from the future because we're losing a war in the future with aliens and we need bodies basically you aren't going to go through training camp. You aren't even going to learn how to like properly manage your gun. And here's this. Get out there. And that's the thing that really kind of like upsets me as well because what I I don't understand that logic there because at first when they say that oh all we need is bodies okay cool so this is definitely a war of attrition. There's no way past it. Start making babies, they should have said. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying is like we should have started doing something else, start preparing in other ways. Like, oh, hey, where do they first like come from? Oh, this Russian city. Okay, cool. Let's fucking stockade the fuck out of that Russian city. Let's fucking minefield the fuck out of it around and just let them come, you know, and then blow the fuck themselves up or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Which they kind of do it end up doing near the end of the movie, but at that point, so many other dumb fucking shit has happened. I honestly was just watching to see like how they tied it up, kind of. Um, yeah, well, I mean, overall, like now that you bring that up, the ending of the movie doesn't make so much sense because it's like, wait, uh, like there's a point in the movie <clears throat> you called it like the alien scene where like they have to find where the alien is, like up in Russia or were as close as they are and they're like oh because they're frozen and then they're like do we take this back to the president or uh what do we do and first of all the president's like yeah there's no way i'm gonna get back for this if you have a possible way to kill it it's like oh but you'll send all your constituents into the future like with and not bat an eye within two weeks yeah you're telling you're telling me you can't send one seal team with us yeah exactly it's like it makes no sense it's like it's over international borders you're fighting aliens here in like 30 years dude like i'm pretty sure borders are breaking down at that point if everyone's sending people up like yeah, it's it's it, i don't know it just doesn't make sense but um the parts i did like about it though were the fact that like i like the whole time travel aspect of it i like how they came in i like uh how the uh what do they call them white claws well, white tails yeah okay keep going on your list i don't want to interrupt keep going like i i'm happy of how they did those i like the uh i agree the, the alien design with them was awesome yeah, everything how with the them aliens cool. attack them yes. yeah um but yeah just the, it's basically just like the decision making skills of the protagonist and every character in there that is like just ridiculous so um, overall so you brought up the whole. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, my my goal here is to kind of just ruin this in, this movie for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for it. <laughs> as 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 you know, typical role for me. <laughs> like, does it have its problems? Yes. Cool. Time the the whole time travel thing is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Where the hell are all the other country jumping points to? Because they're going to Brazil, or they're dropping in Miami, right? Yeah. Because they're in Miami. Mm-hmm. Is there a drop point in England that they're dropping to? Is there a drop point in Russia that drops? Well, technically not, I would assume. Like, it's everyone gets shipped to Miami, I would think, because there's only one point. Because that's all they could create. So it's not like there's multiple points in other places. <clears throat> or that thing's running constantly. Like, But they said that they only run it on the Sabbath, right? When all the... Uh, well, I'm thinking, like, all the points sync up for drops. So it's like, all right, we're shipping in these people to drop at all these points. And that's why, like, I was originally thinking, okay, this is a war of attrition. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's just dropping where they can, kind of like, uh, what is it? Uh, Live, Die, Repeat. I can't remember the actual name of that movie. Edge of Tomorrow. Um, where it's just kind of like, just fucking send all we can constantly. Like, every, a wave, replenish, wave, replenish, wave, replenish. Yeah. and hopefully break them but i don't know man like overall like i think uh i think they would just drop where the mission was but because they kind of messed up the drop point that's why they dropped in the air well um, that's kind of the other thing is which is hilarious by the way like future technology no one ever makes it back because of the aliens no most of those people in that group didn't get back because of stupid technicalities dude well, no one should have made it back, dude. That was like a hundred and fifty foot, maybe two, three hundred foot drop. He barely makes it in the pool. Cool. He should have at least broken legs. He should not be walking. He instantly gets hit by another falling body. Both of them are just fine. No injuries. I hate plot armor. And that's another thing that I bring up. Aliens, cool as fuck. Love the design, love how they attack. Love the look. They never looked cheap. They, they, the effects on this this movie were beautiful. I have no problem with how they looked. No problem with how they acted. I have a problem with plot armor because that is getting so cliche at this point. Like your audience is smart enough to see that they're wasting magazine upon magazine upon magazine upon magazine on these guys, and like you keep on saying. And then, like, one guy comes up, oh, you're supposed to aim at the throat or the stomach. Like, do you understand how bullet spray works? At some point, one of these bullets is going to, especially how those aliens move. Like, you're going to hit one of them in the stomach or, like, neck. And they just never drop. They're invincible until the literal end where the father and daughter are expert chris kyle marksmans and are taking down these white spikes left and right like it's nobody's business fuck off like get out of here i i hate that so much and it makes your movie unbelievable you know what else makes your movie unbelievable you bring in time travel and the whole element of time travel except you know what you can't do bring back the scientists back in time that discover time travel to discover time travel earlier so that way you can create another lifeboat as they say in the movie so that way you can use this time travel technology more effectively maybe to kill the aliens that they couldn't do that though and there was a reason for that you can't teleport people back in time well no you can but the only certain people could come back in time they discussed it when uh uh the one scientist was talking to um chris pratt's character yeah Uh, and i believe what he said was we couldn't bring we couldn't do much with this technology and create another jump point because 
as of right now, it's, you know, stuck together with gum and duct tape. Okay, cool. We get that. In the future, you were rushed to build something, but you achieved greatness and you built it. You know what's not happening in the past? You could send back your scientists into the past. Yeah, but you can't do that, though, because the daughter is already there. The only people that can go back and forth are the people going forward have to be dead in the future. Okay, so you can't teach the people that? You can't send them with data pads of information? For, you're right about that i will say that like but, that's what like, i'm saying is like the ability to send that information back in time is achievable and they didn't use that and that's dumb yeah. uh, so that way you could link up and go farther in the past and have even like people like from world war ii right off god i mean well not even then dude just longer to prepare and i, mean, I guess cool, <laughs> let's and i guess let's just go into the whole idea of time travel in the first place okay cool he goes to the future, all right? Uh-huh. Sees his daughter, has a conversation with his daughter. She tells him he leaves, yada, yada. Cool, he dies, car crash, yada, yada. Whatever. If they fail this time at making the serum, can't he just take back all the knowledge that they had on the serum once again? Tell his daughter or who, whatever scientists, and boom, they're done, and that doesn't happen? I mean, I guess you're you're completely right with that, dude. I have no argument against or that. Or even then, like, what happened to the dad the first time he came back? You know? Did he fail? He didn't. He was the first time, dude. No, because he came back the, the, the second time and divorced the mom after, like, four years and then died. Yeah. So what happened that time? Like, what was the difference? Well, technically, he hadn't gone through time yet. The one that died in the car crash, the time travel wasn't invented. But it was. But you're getting into, like, paradoxes, dude. And they, as you've already pointed out very well, they have a hard time just writing a good script. And that, that's kind of what I'm Much trying to going through time say is like they they've almost like created the, their own answer of like, hey, we've created time travel. We're just going to keep on sending people back in time and like pretty much do redos. You know, it'll just be re, re, re like replays. All right, cool. We're failing this time. Everyone just hop back through the portal. We'll do it again. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's something that like Terminator did a lot better than that this movie and i completely understand that but the winnings for the other side for me are big enough that i think it's an okay movie it's a cheesy science flick but it's none of it needs to be explained necessarily because you're watching it for the action and i mean well even then though i mean they dude i get it man you say you say you watch it for the action and then you get cheesy action scenes of like chris pratt's dad uh remember his name again i hate this it's i never remember this guy's name it pisses me off because i love sims him thank you jk sims um is amazing JK Simmons. He whatever yeah. he wants he can't well he's like sacrificing himself and then you're like cool we're gonna have like some emotional actual like cause here because like you can't really feel for his daughter dying in the future because his daughter's right there she's alive still she's going to live yeah you know like and you're like cool Dad's going to die. Some emotional pull. Like this. Nope. 
Chris Pratt goofily somehow is able to hop on this white spike's shoulders like a raptor dude and slit its throat once again he went for the throat or the belly like with the uh with the uh, <laughs> the trophy from the other character who like takes trophies of white claws in the field it, yeah it, it just i like how it does line up like oh he had to have that trophy in his pocket because he didn't have anything else, and that's what he used. Like, that, cool, that lines up, but no, what else doesn't line up? How deadly these white claws were at the fucking beginning, and the fact that these two human beings are this able to do what they're up, able to dude. do, man. It's groggy, dude. You never wake up in the morning and you're groggy? No, <laughs> think about you know what? You know what gets me out of that grogginess? Trying to be killed in a brisk Arctic cold. <laughs> that you know that's one thing that's gonna wake me up for my possibly dude but you're not an alien dude you're not a white spike you don't know their genealogy they were frozen and there was no ice on the inside of the ship you tell me how that works oh dude. yeah that was that was the other thing too man they should have just turned off the ac started like hot back but like when they go through the the brief training period that these uh um inductees or what is it draftees get yeah um they're like hey what are we what are we even fighting and they're like yeah we're not gonna show you why uh because people commit suicide <laughs> like that's not gonna that's fuck up morale anyway like <laughs> you make a drop and you're like ah oh, they're shapeshifters they're all shapeshifters yeah like how do you know what the hell they are that takes me off so much i was like uh no the way that you address fear is you show them it and you show them how easy it is to like kill it or something you're like this is what it looks like yes it looks grimacing now yeah. but you just need to hit the throat or the neck which are really easy how shots to kill them, yeah. how to use their gun anything my god dude Chris Pratt's like oh this is how you load it he was trying to load his magazine backwards dude and that was the other thing too is everyone was like oh this is your standard issue rifle that everyone will be issued nope not the guy that's got three tours he gets a shotgun which is apparently more effective than these assault rifles what if he what if he brought it himself though because of how many tours he had he like brought a shotgun back and he's like I'm never leaving this shotgun I mean maybe all I'm saying, dude, it's a possibility, dude. What I, I feel like you're looking far too much into it. No, what I will say is I'm excited because I'm hoping that this might establish something of a series with Amazon. I hope it does because they've they've set it up to be a little bit of a bigger world with the way that they uh, address the pilots and the alien ship and the fact that these creatures weren't sent here, you know, into, by themselves. They were brought by another species. <laughs> Dude, it's funny, Shannon, my fiance, said, uh, she's like, wait, they're like beasts, right? So, like, how did they drive there? How did they build a ship? And I was like, uh, I don't know, like... <laughs> yeah, that's, thank you, because that's... You don't seem intelligent yes, either. Yes, that's what I was thinking, and that, that, that question was answered, so I was thankful on that. But it's, it's a little bit too much, like, alien for me at that point where i'm just like all right you guys didn't get the rights to do alien it looks like <laughs> well possibly but i won't lie i like chris pratt saved shit for me dude his little bit of funniness his actionness like because he did marvel i see him as like an action hero now so it's like i don't know man there's a like there's plenty of cheesy shows out there with huge stars 
where you're like, that doesn't make sense as a, a thing. This is just a, uh, and this is not right at all, but like, just for the sake of the argument, this is a, just a Jackie Chan flick. Well, no, or dude, like, I, anything I like that. was going to say, like, this isn't a movie for the story. This is a movie to see these actors get through uh-huh. this. Like, it's yeah. it's enjoyable to watch Chris Pratt in this world. It's enjoyable to watch J.K. Simmons in this world. It's enjoyable to watch... I'm going to look up her name, because she's the chick from Chuck, and I love her. Come on. You, well, I was going to say, dude, when these pauses happen, you need to get better at filling. You, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Silence is nice every once oh, in a while. Oh, boy, you ready for this one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Yvonne Stravosky. Um, she's amazing. Uh, who is um the one character though? Because I really like him too. Sam Richardson, who plays Gator, I really appreciate too. He was hilarious as well. Yeah. There was. <laughs> what overall? Just like overall, just like some really good characters. Like, do the decisions they make make any sense? No. Probably because they're all actors. <laughs> yeah. Not decision makers. And I won't lie, it does feel like some of these times, like I haven't seen a lot of these actors in many things, but maybe Chris Pratt and J.K. Simmons, it does feel like they put these characters in in the scene, and they're like, here's what's going on. Improv. <laughs> like, this is and what happens. You know what, I'm here, I'm here for it. Though. I am too, because that's, <laughs> that's, ma- that's what makes the movie. It really does. Mm-hmm. So I I won I hope that you know it does get a series does get established I as you Just were kind of saying writing, dude. yeah as like, you were kind of saying earlier like you're kind of wanting shows to take a pause and I kind of agree with you because I think the creative mindscape is sort of drying up there's not a lot of good new up. spins oh, it's 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 dry it's completely bone dry <laughs> but I will say that's only for film and show. Like, for whatever reason, everyone feels like they need to uh, go by, like, something. Like, they're the next Supernatural or they're the next Smallville. Like, let's do things and cookie-cutter those because they worked in the past. How do we make it a little bit of a modern twist but tell the same story, basically? It's like, go fuck yourself. Like, the whole reason why we have this podcast in the beginning is because shows fuck up on the lore, the good lore that is beautiful it doesn't need to be touched you want to fucking uh what do they call them the block the block things where they're like the storyboard you want a fucking storyboard here's your comic book bitch make it like find me voice actors you can change the words a little bit but if you change a goddamn meaning in there or like something that affects the plot fuck you like legitly like there are so many good stories out there just fucking take advantage of them Hey, Kirkman, you're a writer. You're an amazing writer. Here's Invincible. You did amazing on it. We want to make a show, uh, an animated show for you. And Kirkman is involved. He said it's an adaptation, so it's not the same thing, but the same shit will happen at some point. It follows the same line. Everything has to make sense still because the writer's there. He doesn't want his written work to look like shit. So, like, start doing that, people. Like... Mark Miller. (laughs) (laughs) What have you done to Netflix, you asshole? (laughs) Or Netflix, what have you done to him? (laughs) 
Like, I hate the the argument that, like, things are, like, drying up in the world. Like, yeah, there's just no creativity in the in the film industry anymore. No, there, there's a lot. The problem is, is that everyone feels like their voice and their way of making money trumps everything else. Like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's like, what like, were some of the, like, top shows this year? You have, like, all the new Marvel shows that were, like, groundbreaking because they tried to do new things and tell new stories. Invincible, because it told a new story. Fucking, uh... Like, play with shit. Like, it's out there. Like, don't be nervous to, like, go out and do something and then fail. Just make sure that your shit's thought out. Like, I don't understand how people can turn in, like, for instance, for the movie that we saw, war, uh, uh, Tomorrow War. Like, it's like, how does the, how do the writers and the directors lay in bed at night and they go, we made some real good work in there today. No, you did. <laughs> no, you did not at all. I freak out when I have an email that I didn't click send on at the end of the workday, and you're sitting here feeding me this hot garbage and telling me it's good writing? No. Go fuck yourself, and thank your CGI people, because they saved your life. Yeah, thank your CGI and your actors, for real. (laughs) For real, though. Like, how those directors and writers are like, yeah, I made it. Those fucking idiots. That's probably what they say. I'll I'll even give the director, you know, because he might have not had anything to do with this. This might have been just a project he's handed, and he's like, fuck it, I'm trying to make a name for myself or something. And say no! I just want <laughs> like, to... Yeah, let's see what Chris... Or Josh Whedon, dude. Else Chris Josh Whedon? McKay has Is that done. his name? The guy who picked up Justice League? Oh, dude, don't even start me on that guy. I found out I'm... some more bad news about him today, possibly. Uh, he no. might have actually stolen the, the that Firefly show that I really like about from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, might have stolen the idea from a very popular anime named Outlaw Store Star. Yeah, like a lot of similarities. Line. You know up. what though? That's fine. Bring in that writer. Tell him I want to make this like this, but for this. So and these, he'll be like, "Oh yeah." These are the other right. movies that Zach Dean has written. Um, Twenty Four Hours to Live, which was an Ethan Hawke movie. Mm-hmm. You know, us neither of us knowing it, you know, just tells you how well it did. Um, yep. And the other one was Deadfall, a Eric Bana movie, an Olivia Wilde movie. Well, it's got Charlie Hunnan, too. I might actually check this one out. This looks interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, never mind. It's written by Zach Dean. Never mind. <laughs> All I'm saying is, is like, I'm really tired of that stuff. And like, I'll watch a sh- I'll watch a movie or a show for its action value. That's fine, but don't like, don't promise me good story when there's not going to be good story. Like, just let it be monster hunting then. Zack Snyder. You take this guy. You don't. Yeah, it will basically almost like a freaking um, Army of the Dead. <laughs> no, like a like a Godzilla movie. Hey, I don't need that side story bullshit because Godzilla's come to town and I know what he's gonna do. I just want to see some ship get blown up by Godzilla. Oh, you're sending tanks? Yeah, they worked before. And they <laughs> go fuck yourself. They honestly, just to kind of back up on that too, is they showed how that can actually like work too by giving us those brief glimpses of King Kong and Godzilla versus Kong, when mm-hmm. like he had those moments mm-hmm. of just no one was around him, people were observing him. Mm-hmm. Like, give us that. 
give us Nat Geo of King Kong and Godzilla just going at it. Honestly, even even do the documentary style of like, and here we have a camera of Kong. He's just woken up. Normally, he would uh, before the end of the world where they battled it out in New York City. They uh, normally Kong would f- spend his days uh, hunting octopi and other large uh, <laughs> National Geographic of Kong. <laughs> yeah, and like in, in Godzilla's like. Here we have Kong destroying another city. Uh, systematically, how he goes through it, and you have like some disaster scientist come up, and he's like, "Yeah, so like, what really is going on here, Chris? <laughs> is the the city is is seen as uh, an opposing force to Godzilla. So what he's trying to do is assert his dominance on the city. And essentially, all we need to do, if we want to not challenge his authority, just build smaller cities, Chris. Okay, that's really you know, and something like that. I." Maybe less of that, because I just want Godzilla fighting. But <laughs> all I'm gonna say is to fix frickin' Tomorrow War. Here's what needs to happen: show me that Chris Pratt's character is an emotional fuck the entire time. He can't control anything. The reason why he's a war hero is because he went in emotionally. I need you to explain that. Everything he does is based off emotion. He doesn't think straight. He doesn't think logically. He just goes and does whatever his heart tells him to do. Then he goes to basic training. That's fine. He's a, a war hero. He's uh, some th- amazing assault trooper from the special ops. Fine. Give me that. Give me the side character who's the basically any one the normal people in the world um, that would freak out if they were getting sent in the future for comic relief. Perfect. Send them in the future. Let's see what emotional Chris Pratt's character does. Like, tie me to him more emotionally. If you're going to, like, tell me that he makes these dumbass decisions, like, on a whim to move forward plot. Like, it would move forward plot if they framed it the correct way. But they did not frame it the correct way. Yeah, like, they didn't really show us, like, what he was trying to achieve by getting that job in the first act. And they didn't really, like, like they tried to. that, That was supposed to show that he wasn't anyone like and then he goes to the future and you find out oh he is someone his daughter's the leader of the last stand on earth like that's his thing and he gets to work on a world changing thing with his daughter like that's the whole story of that but like instead of that show me him get emotionally pissed off and kick everyone out of his house that's there for the world cup because he didn't get this interview yeah that's what i'm saying is like you tell me that and then like you also play this whole thing of like oh he has been in war before and his wife is taking care of these ptsd people that are coming from back from the forever war yeah it's like you don't show because he was a patient how about because he made emotional things you don't show that depth anywhere in that character like he pretty much is like I won't Hi, lie. I'm Chris Pratt. Yeah, he he's Chris <laughs> Pratt. He plays Chris Pratt. He doesn't play like I'm not attached to that character at all. I'm attached to Chris Pratt reading those lines, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Basically, and how he delivers those lines, which is like it's fine, but once again, you have someone like Chris Pratt just frame it correctly. He can act it easily. He basically did. All you need is different framing, maybe some different scores here every once in a while. And maybe a couple more scenes, like explaining how he thinks before he acts, or he acts before he thinks. I don't the, know. 
no, I, I agree with you. I have uh, I have one more praise and one more critique. My, my praise, because uh, I don't want to forget about it, is the thing that I like about this movie is pretty much the way that they were able to, like, solve this was one of his students. And I appreciate that they didn't make that <laughs> moment. Like, that moment wasn't cheesy. Here's like, the thing, though. It would have been if the other uh, scientists didn't go, oh, shit. This is this is the day of his life or something like that. Like he's gonna remember this day forever. I wish I was in his yeah, shoes. Yeah, like this is something or that something I dreamed like of. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I exactly. dreamed of this moment. Yeah. This kid's living my dream. Mm-hmm. Like hilarious, dude. Not believable until he says that, and it's like, oh, so this doesn't happen all the time. This is literally a shot in a hole. I was I really appreciated that moment. Because that was a well-framed scene, dude. They framed it good. Mm-hmm. One line changed the whole thing. And you want to know a scene that was not framed good was the first interaction between Chris Pratt and J.K. Simmons' characters because, like, he goes there to ask his dad for help and, and doesn't... Says, go fuck yourself. Well, he doesn't actually ever ask him for help. Like, the words, I need you to help me take this off, never come out of his mouth. Yeah, and that's like... Well, the, I guess the thing that pisses me off is, like, he has a simple task. He goes there. He already tells his wife, like, this is going to suck. And she goes, you just need to do this. And he's like, you're right. Just go there to ask him this. And he doesn't, like, that's the first thing you should say. Hey, Dad, like, yeah, I know we haven't seen each other a lot. Sorry. Like, I need you to help me take this off. Instead, he is the, anti- like, he's the one pushing the buttons there. And, like, yeah. to piss off his dad. Like, that... Well, and, like make it more emotional or something like that like it would make a lot more sense if like see that scene makes sense though if you see a scene earlier of like when he doesn't get the job he tells everyone to get the fuck out of his house yes because he's upset that he lost this job and then you can even have the scene of the daughter being like it's okay daddy like it'll be okay she calms him down calms the giant when I had my daughter my anger took a back seat I had to think before I acted now. Like, that easy. And then the scene at the end, well, not at the end, but when he's with his dad, makes sense because he gets pissed off at his dad for leaving him so that he doesn't ask him for anything because he's owed. And then he gets upset well, when no, his dad dude, because fair and he leaves. Because even then, you go back to the thing of, like, no, he has his daughter. Like... He has told his, like, he's told his wife, his wife is at home making the plans to leave and, like, go on the run, go on the lamb. And instead of doing what he tells his wife, when she's already decided to throw her entire life away, like, that's how dedicated she is to this plan. And he throws it away over a little piss, piss, pissy fight with his dad. Because he wasn't hugged enough as a kid. Because, dude, it should have been explained more how Chris Pratt's character was broken. And that's... You have like dude. give that more. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, that's just my that's my last critique. Let's let's move on to our uh, our recommendations or what we're looking forward to this uh, you know up and coming and uh, wrap it up. All right. Well, uh, I mean, overall, like I'm still reading Lucifer. I'm reading book two. Um, but I did get a sweet tooth copendium, so I'm gonna be hitting that here real soon. So hopefully, I'll be bringing that up in the coming episodes. Uh, and then also, um, I really kind of want to dive a little bit into uh, the Loki uh, 
show and kind of see because I know Hunter, you've read the comic, haven't you? Or at least you have one of the comics. Well, it actually nah, dude. I I mean, yes, I think that Loki is in like that variant maybe you know is there but it has nothing to do with the show okay well still i feel like it would be an interesting show to kind of talk about especially because the uh finale is coming up here soon so i would agree yeah let's uh let's talk about that next week all right um cool so i guess that's that's what we'll talk about next week what i'm looking forward to is um there's another comic book series that i've been reading star wars high republic yeah dude i want you to talk about that next week it is uh well we're talking about loki oh no that loki will be our uh our capper our capper yeah um but yeah i'll be talking about high republic at first i was not a fan and now i'm gonna be buying every issue that comes out pretty much yeah, dude, um, I'm thinking about getting into that, too, so I need you to sell me a little bit on it and not spoil it. Yeah, so that's something I'm really looking forward to. I th- I'm happy because I thought it was just going to be a uh, six-part series, but now it looks like it's going to be a like continuing line for, you know, as long as they keep interest with it. Oh, shit. Um, I don't know. I really haven't looked into if it's been announced to be, like, maybe, you know, a 12-part series or something like Support that. Support the cause! Support yeah. the cause! But I I really enjoy it. Um, I will say, though, and this is something that I think me and you maybe have talked about before, the one thing that I don't appreciate, and not like they're going to change it because I'm saying it, is the ad ads in Marvel Comics is unbearable. Um, I fucking love them, dude. They're like oh hulk you're angry here have a snickers (laughs) well if they were that i'd be i'd be happier it's more like i keep on seeing like marvel contest of champions ads constantly oh yeah dude that's how they do it in dc comics though um all the ads are run by superheroes they're like superhero ads for snickers like wonder woman eating a snickers or like uh the flash wears nikes or something along those See, lines like that's so be- like, that's better than yeah yeah there's still ads but they're artist artist drone well or, dr- drone the thing that ticks me off is like they put in all of the stuff that's advertising pretty much marvel's stuff and it's like hey don't do that yeah put in more I story like, i like that on dc too because it's like you read the end of the comic and you're like ah oh. Now I have to wait until next month for the next issue. And in the back of that issue, you see some of the other things like, hey, if you bought this, maybe you should look into these comics. Yep. And it shows you like other comics from DC. So they take their like bow at the end, which is the perfect time to strike, in my personal opinion. <laughs> I don't well, want to be every <laughs> in Marvel comics, <laughs> every other page. It's like, buy more Marvel. Buy mm-hmm. more Marvel. <laughs> for, no, and that, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Um, but anyway, let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Ladies and gentlemen, you know where the contact info will be down below. Go ahead, copy, paste, hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we do possibly have another special guest coming on here. Um, that or our other brother podcast, Squinchy Goompas, um, talking about time travel. So keep a lookout for that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening.